Good evening, everybody. It's a, a privilege, again, to be here together and to be with you together. Though we are not all of us here, we know that we are united and we are here for one special occasion, and it's to remember when Jesus came to the world to rescue, to rescue us and to deliver us. And our reading scripture for today comes from the book of Romans, and it's only just one verse. We go to chapter 6 of the book of Romans, and verse 23, and it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's start with a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for the precious gift of Christ. He is the light of the world. He is the true light who gives light to every man who came into the world. We ask that this light may down in our hearts by the Holy Spirit so that we may see Jesus and we may know Jesus and rest upon him. He is offered to us in your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In Guatemala City, there is a shopping center called Mega Mall. I used to go there for two reasons. One was to buy a coffee. And the second one is to sit in front of their impressive Christmas tree. The Christmas tree was placed in the middle of the mall and it went from the first floor to the fifth floor of that mega, mega mall. And there were, there, there were big Christmas gifts at the bottom of the tree. But you know what? Those Christmas gifts were fake. As big as you see them, as much as you want them, they were fake Christmas gifts. They were empty boxes placed there just for decoration. And don't you think our Christmas is often like those boxes under the Christmas tree? They are nicely wrapped, but in the end, and the end, they, those Christmas gifts are empty. But Romans chapter 6, verse 23, is talking about a gift, a gift for you and for me. And it happened that this is the most real of all gifts. And it's not only just a real gift, but it's also the reason 
is all, it's also the reason why the art of gift giving started in the first place. That Bible verse in Romans 6.23 says, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God is the one who initiated the art of gift given. The Bible is full of this truth. Matthew chapter 7, verse 9, Jesus asked his disciple, his disciples, which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Remember, Jesus also was telling Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse 16, For God gave, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, By grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your undoing. It is the gift of God. And one last verse. There, there are many more verses, but one more. Romans chapter 8, 23 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will not, how will not also with him graciously give us all things. It was God who started the giving tradition. He is a good father who delights in giving gifts to his children. He gave his only son. He gave us salvation through Jesus Christ. The word gift used here is charisma. A charisma in the Roman world was a totally free and not earned gift. It was common in the army that soldiers would receive a charisma. Usually it was kind of some kind of money from the emperor on a special occasions such as his birthday, ascension to the throne, or his anniversary. The soldiers had not earned the gift. It's not because they won a battle. It was just a gift from the emperor's kindness and generosity for his soldiers. What we have received from God is a free charisma, a free 
gift. We did not earn it. We did not deserve it. What we actually earn is something different. And that's how verse 23 started in Romans 6, 23. It says, the wages of sin is death. What we deserve was death. Yet, out of his grace, God has given us the gift of eternal forever life, an indescribable, unearned, and unreachable gift wrapped in a body, in a body of a baby in the manger. Now, when Ana Patricia and I look for gifts for our daughters, we think about two things. First, we look for things that they need or they like. And second, and this, this one doesn't need much thinking, we give things that reflect who we are. For example, we will never give our kids uh, comic books because it's not me giving comic books. I'm not saying that those are wrong things to give. But from Ana Patricia and from me, it's not what we should give. We, we don't, that doesn't represent us, right? An appropriate gift reveals the character of the giver. And it also fits the needs of the receiver. Pastor Douglas was reading Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. And in that verse, is very clear how Paul describes God's character. It says, but God chose in another version says but god demonstrates his love for us that while we were still sinners christ died for us and first john chapter 4 verse 9 and 10 complements this and it says god showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him this this is real love not that we loved god but that he loves us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So God's character is revealed in his gift. What is his character? God is love. And he gave his only son. He gave the most precious thing that he could have ever give and was his only son 
That gift reflects his character, but the second thing that reflects this gift is that this gift fits our greatest need. Jesus fits our greatest need. It's only through Jesus that we receive eternal life instead of eternal condemnation. So you see, in this gift, we see God's character that is love. And we see again that the gift solve our big problem, our sins. So now, how about if we read the story of how, how, how this precious gift came to be? I have been reading this story, I don't know how many times this week, and I love it. It describes, if, if you pay attention, it describes God very clearly. And as well, it described how God solved our problem. Matthew chapter 1, if you go with me in your Bibles, in the verse 18 to 25 says, Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with a child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. And look how that solve our problem. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord hath spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call, him, call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see God's character there? God with us. And when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, 
and he called his name. What is the name of our precious gift? Jesus. And it represents God's love for you and for me. It represents God's character. That is the best gift we would ever receive, by the way. A Danish theologian named Soren Kierkegaard told the parable of a prince who fell in love with a young maiden in his kingdom, but wanted her to love him for who he was, not what he was. He was a prince. At first, he thought he would invite her to the palace and there propose marriage. But even a prince would like to feel that the girl he marries wants to marry him for who he is and not what he does. Again, he thought he could disguise himself as a peasant and try in that way to gain her love. After he proposed, he could reveal his true identity. But he thought such a masquerade would be uh, funny, would be uh, fake. Finally, he decided to give up his princely robes, move into her neighborhood, and be himself. There he would work as a carpenter, spend time with her people and become one of them. In due time, should fortune be with him, he would naturally know her and hopefully she would come to love him as he already loved her. He would then ask for her hand in marriage. These this he did, and when she did come to love him, he told the truth about his love. This is Kierkegaard's way of summarizing God's gift. But the Apostle Paul put it straightforward, straightforward in Philippians chapter 2. And listen what Paul is saying here. Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. God emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and the meditation, the thought 
that I want to leave with all of you this evening is this. As long you have this precious gift, it doesn't matter what you have or don't have underneath the Christmas tree. Because Jesus is the best gift you will ever receive. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to focus on the greatest gift of all this season and the whole year through. Thank you for sending you your one and only Son that we might be saved through him. We praise you for your faithfulness and power in doing the impossible. And we thank you for your love shown to all of us in Jesus Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.